It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Coming up on episode number 77 of the Night Talker. Taking a break from most of my usual shenanigans tonight as I'm welcoming a special guest to the show. He is the newest member of the Waterloo Media and 1027 ESPN Austin team. Stay tuned to find out who. I'm your host, Trey Elling. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Courtesy Wave and do the same for ESPN Austin at 1027 ESPN. And my guest can be found on Twitter at NotTheFakeWags. Also, the WagnerWire.com, and you can hear him on this very radio station starting this Sunday and every Sunday going forward from 11 a.m. to noon. It is the great Adam Wagner. What's up, Wags? How we What's doing? What's up, brother? It's good to be here, man. Yeah, it's good to have you in. It's good to get to talk with you on the airwaves again. Uh, I'll take your word for that. I can actually see through the shirt. I can see that uh, there there are some uh, diamond cutters there. This isn't a fun, like, cheap material either. These are just... Premium bad boy diamond cutters. Oh, you working with some pepperonis oh, underneath man. the shirt? Dude, uh, not pepperonis. They're just hard. They can cut linoleum. Okay. Yeah. Cut linoleum, cut diamond, uh, all cut uh, all the uh, hardest uh, materials on this planet. So I've known about this for a little bit, obviously, because you and I are friends and we stay in touch on things. And uh, was thrilled to hear that, well... One, you were uh, escaping a sinking ship, but two, that uh, that I got to have conversations with you, not just uh, on the phone or via text message or occasionally uh, slipping into one another's DMs. Yeah. We actually get to do this with microphones in front of our face so once again. That's what I was wondering. Like, does it take like the mysterious, like uh, you know, crazy, intimate little setting out of this? You know how like if we're running around doing like a little crazy. Uh, soiree where we're not supposed to and we find ourselves in a dark back no, never mind getting dark there dark back alley oh dark or but light it, depending but the on m- how you mysterious oh very it. light with us with both of us but it's very mysterious does it take away like the the fun out of it now because it's all out in the open our relationship that we're not sneaking <laughs> around with this conversation no because our relationship has been in the open going back to the Trey and bk days 100 percent. and uh that was a, a wild time for sure so no you're killing it over here man it was like it was a win-win situation not to come over and join this team dude and once that little angel on our shoulder kind of put the bell in my ear and i was just like yeah all right we'll, we'll jump and uh nah thanks for welcoming me man it's been great Tom McKay of Audiovisual Consultations is supporting you here, just like he uh, is a lot of us that is part of a a tight-knit community. Tom's boys, as we're called, I guess. That's what what someone has labeled us already. Tom's the man. He he and uh, Camilla are going to be on the show tomorrow once again, uh, because BK and I are going to fire the Friday night antics back up coming in August. and. I love talking with Tom, like beyond uh, just the awesome job that he does with audiovisual consultations, like he and Camilla are in a sense, two peas in a pod. They're very different people, but they're also not afraid to share their opinions and beliefs and have that civil dialogue. Very direct. And she's a breath of fresh air because in, in, in not to say that, you know, my kids generations kind of lost, but hey, no, we're, we're screwed. We, we're, we're, we're a little, we're a little done, but I mean, she is a breath of fresh air. She's fantastic. She can speak um, just like her, very direct, very forward, yeah. just like her father. So, um, just like her dad, but very different beliefs too, which is, uh, which is one of the interesting comes from her mom too, right? Yeah. Comes from Cece. So, I mean, they have just done fantastic raising her. And again, man, may she lead this generation, yep. which she will. Yeah. You have any home theater needs? Check them out. Uh, AVConsultations.com, 255. 
Eight, six, seven, eight. Wow, I just had a brain fart there. I've said that number a thousand times over the years, but uh, thank you for picking up the slack there, Wag. So obviously the Wagner Wire spends a lot of time talking fantasy sports, and we are about to uh, re-enter the best time of year for sports in general, but also fantasy sports, that being fantasy football season. Of course, the news broke. I want to say it was earlier this week or last week that the new Madden game is out, the new ratings are out, and there is one guy who received that Sterling 99 rating. You get this dude every year, though, don't you? Or you, you try to fish for this guy? I feel no, like you love him. No, no. So we we actually, one of the last things that I did on the air at the Horn was I had you and uh, my buddy Mike, who I play volleyball with, another veteran, as a matter of fact, who's a big fantasy football fan. He runs the other league that I'm a part of. And we were chopping it up, talking about uh, who we valued at various positions, at various points in the draft. And I was telling you guys at the time, even though I have to admit that my number one overall was Jonathan Taylor, and that was a, a big miss last year because he well, he got injured. He I went mean, through injury issues that he's never dealt with in his career. So uh, that was a bit of a fluke, in my opinion. I think you're going to see a bounce-back campaign. And by the way, the Colts offensive line somehow stunk last year, despite right. the fact that that was supposed to set up to be really good. But I was insistent through the talk of all these other running backs. Derrick Henry, who I know was one of your uh, your favorite oh, guys he was my last number one. year. Yeah. He was your number one. That Justin Jefferson, to me, was a no-question number two in that draft. Did I have a chance to draft him last year? No, because I ended up picking like 8 to 10 right. uh, in my uh, my two drafts Did last year. Did you by any chance? No, God, okay. no. No, no, no. Justin, Je- Justin Jefferson was a consensus, I want to say, top four or five pick last year. Most people were right. actually taking him If he got out four. of the six, like if he was in the six hole, wow, what a gift. So I set all of that up to ask you, is he the obvious number one guy this year? Even though he plays wide receiver, because that potent that points earning potential is there. I always say it depends on the leagues that you're in, right? Okay. And for me, I'll always take a running back just because of scarcity. Um, if you miss on if you miss on JJ, you can hit with Chase. Now, look, I'm not taking anything away from you know JJ. He's definitely you know an alpha, but. Chase is 100, man. I mean, if you miss on both of these guys, now you're kind of out of the top tier, right? To me, it's it's Jamar, Chase, and Justin Jefferson. And it's, it's funny because they both come from LSU, right? Mm-hmm. And to think, like, what other wide receiver produces like this? Like, you, you might mention Tyreek Hill. Like, Tyreek Hill gets it done, but, I mean, you got to think about the quarterback that's owned to him too, right? Yeah. Like, well, Kirk Cousins is, is comparable. Not only are Chase and Jefferson from the same school, they actually played on the same team. Like crazy. Maybe the best offense in the history of college football with Joe Burrow and obviously Clyde Edwards Elair at the running back position. They were good defensively too, obviously, well, but the well, offense was, was uh, what made the, the headlines. Terrence Marshall, yeah, who's now or I, maybe he's some, with somebody else this year, but Freed he was with college. Carolina last year. Great in college. Um, and who did they have a nasty tight end? I mean, I they I did, know. yeah. And their defense was, was it Pettigrew. Yeah, no, they they were stacked at every position on offense. It was crazy, and they put up video game-like numbers, too. It's honestly surprising to me. I know Joe Brady, who was the offensive coordinator for that LSU team, he followed Matt Rule to Carolina and unfortunately turned into a bit of a scapegoat as that was just a disastrous era for Carolina, the Matt Rule era. Yeah, that's on Rule. He's one of of those guys. And by the way, I have been a big Matt Rule fan going back to his Temple days and then seeing what he did at Baylor. I think he has a chance to succeed at Nebraska, too. I think he gives them... Although it felt like Scott Frost could be the guy that turned that program back around because his style is more suited for the college game than it is the NFL game. He's too much of 
to put it bluntly, a control freak. And that works in college. Greg Schiano is another great example of this, where you wield your thing in college and you are really good. You you make good teams and you have overachieving teams depending on where you are. You try that at the NFL, though. These guys who are making millions upon millions of dollars in a lot of instances, sometimes making more than their head coach is making, you can't be this micromanager at the NFL level at least towards the players. Maybe you can do that with your coaching staff, but if you're trying to do that to the players, it's not going to work. And we see examples time and time again of guys who are successful in college but try and bring that style to the NFL, and it just fails miserably. And Matt Rule is another example of that. It didn't work for Saban either. It didn't really work for Saban too. That's another good example. It didn't work for Spurrier. I mean, you you got to find different motivators because, like we mentioned, I mean, I'm, I'm sure, like, the money is the underlying motivator, right? When you're at college, like the next step, oh, to get to the NFL, like I want to showcase my, you know, my abilities. But ultimately, it's that it's that paycheck. Yes, but college coaches, I feel like the best college coaches oh, are getting can, paid yeah, more than the 100. best NFL coaches right now. I really feel like it's more a sense of accomplishment than anything else. Like you've shown that you can do it on that level, and so yeah, now you want to be able yeah. to. Yeah, ego is right. is really coming into play here. So now you want to prove that you can do those same things at the NFL level too. And I don't fault anybody for doing that, but if you are that authoritarian type figure, you need to adjust yeah, you be how you do business right. at least a little bit. You need to be a little bit more accommodating and empathetic, and understand that you don't get to boss these guys around like you did the college kids that you that you were they're in also five of. years older 10 years older at yeah. this point they got families too you know their father figures they're the patriarch i mean it, alpha's gonna alpha you know absolutely he is adam wagner you can hear him on the wagner wire on 1027 the horn coming up this sunday at 11 11 to noon and that'll be every sunday going forward and it is brought to you by audio visual consultations coming up more with wags on the other side it's the night talker with trey elling It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back with Adam Wagner on a Thursday night edition of the Night Talker. I am Trey Elling. Give us a follow on Twitter. He is at NotTheFakeWags. I am at CourtesyWave. And uh, make sure to check out his website too, thewagnerwire.com. You can actually hear the Wagner Wire starting this Sunday on 1027 ESPN from 11 a.m. to noon. And that'll be every Sunday going forward. So get yourself ready uh, for the drafts that are coming up in August, hopefully end of August or maybe even early September. The later, the better. And then stay tuned all season long because Wags has the best advice in the business. Wags, I told you that my number one guy going into this year's uh, this year's uh, fantasy drafts is Justin Jefferson. You said you have a hard time taking a wide receiver if you have the opportunity to take a running back 1-1. So who are some of the running backs that you would consider with 1-1 this season? CMC. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, okay. especially in Shannon's offense, you know, a full year with a mini camp style, the ability to, uh, the ability to have, you know, not just conditioning, but also to take in the entire playbook and to get in the entire Shano scheme, which we know is very diverse, very complex. You can go from, you know, a, a 22 personnel to all of a sudden shift into a, a, a 31, you know what I mean? And all of a sudden that tight end split out. So with, you know, down the middle, George Kittle, that's very possible. So CMC is my number one. And then I know we graduated from the University of Texas, and I'm not pandering to the Longhorn crowd, but man, 
it's got to be Bijan in that offense, man. Atlanta is so nasty. He looks light, but he's honestly like 220, 225, man. And probably around, what, week one, he's probably going to be a very thick 225. So I think he'll be able to take the poundage. Those are my number two. I swear I'm not pandering to the Longhorn crowd. I swear. It's just he's so lethal, man. No, I have no problem with him going number two after Christian McCaffrey. I think an argument exists also to maybe even select him over Christian McCaffrey. As, that may, as crazy as that may sound. Just because he's injury McCaffrey, prone. Right? Exactly. McCaffrey has dealt with too many injuries over the years. So I am skeptical to take a guy like that. Let me ask you another question. Like, are you worried about the rookie kind of? Like, like to, to have, to be able to, well, I don't know. Jonathan Taylor adjusted pretty well. Ezekiel Elliott so, adjusted pretty well. Yeah. Rookie jo- Jonathan Taylor was the best running back in the second half of his rookie campaign. And I know that because I traded for him and I traded away a good player in the process. It was uh Stefan Diggs that I traded to get him, but I needed a running right. back. And that turned out to work out really well for me. I think Bijan Robinson, assuming that Arthur Smith who does have a history of running his running backs into the ground, doesn't overdo it with Bijan in the first half of the season, he will prove himself to be one of the best, most complete backs in the NFL by the end of the year. The problem is Arthur Smith, right, though. Right. I liked Arthur Smith uh, coming from the Titans, but then I you look at what Derrick Henry's carries were his last two years there. You know he's going to be great for four years, and he's going to have a lot of opportunities, man. He's going to have a lot of totes. Right, so hopefully they understand that, yeah, do you want to find ways to get Bijan 20 to 25 touches per game? Absolutely, but you want to make sure some of those are in the passing game, which he obviously did not do with Derrick Henry. Now, Derrick Henry's a different player, and it's not as conducive to catching passes out of the backfield, although he can do that too. Bijan is a guy who is so versatile that you want to find ways to get him the ball in space for, I don't know, five to seven of those touches while the other touches are are coming straight from that running back spot with handoffs or pitches or things like that. But yeah, I have no issues with Bijan being ranked the number two running back. The problem is is that all the other guys who uh, maybe fall behind those two obviously have big question marks as well. Like, right. I would take Saquon Barkley. I would consider taking him number one overall. You're a Giants fan, but we have no idea what's going to happen with Saquon I, I, Barkley And I'm this telling year. people to not – and look, you know how high I was on him a couple of years ago, right? And you yeah. started asking me the question, hey, when do you start you know, being a little bit reluctant in selection with Saquon Barkley? Um, last year was the year he got – you know, it, and he had a great year. Even though he had a fantastic year last year, yeah. I still said, hey, stay away from him. He's still on my no-touch list. Zeke is on my no-touch list. Like the well, Zeke doesn't have a team right I know, now. that's what I'm saying. Like, and, and, and Cook, like I know there's rumors in the air that he's going to be swimming with the fish in Miami. Hmm. I get it. Stay away from him, man. Don't take a certainty for an un- – or don't throw away a certainty for an uncertainty yet. Dalvin Cook's numbers were decent last year, but if you look at the advanced metrics, he was starting to slip 100. in terms of what he is capable of. I'm thinking about the other running backs who uh, may be worth a Madison. third overall. Madison is an interesting that's option. A sne- that's a sneaky eighth rounder right there. Another guy who would be ranked higher, but he's coming off of a major injury, Tony Pollard, finally getting to be the guy with the Cowboys now. Like I, I think that that should work out well for them, not having to split carries with Zeke anymore. But he's coming off of a major injury, so you don't want to know what you're going to get with that either. No, and, and that's the thing too, right? And Credit Dallas for kind of loading up and going out and getting a player like Deuce Vaughn as well because he brings you that Sproles mentality. You speaking of, we talk about sleepers. Sproles is probably, or uh, not Sproles, uh, Vaughn is probably um, in your 10th to 12th round sleeper there. And it's a really good handcuff for Tony Pollard. Like, yeah. if you're good, and to speak of that, if you're going to draft Tony Pollard, 
you have to me, you got to go handcuff him and get Deuce Vaughn. Like, like you're you're kind of married to that pick. You're probably right because about of the that. injury. And and with that, it's you know with CMC too, you might want to back that up and go get Eli Mitchell. Austin Eckler is another uh, interesting case study at the running back position. Obviously, there was a, a lot of talk about him getting traded away from the Chargers this offseason, but it looks like those fences have been mended now, and he has been a big-time point scorer at that position, and pretty consistent, too, for the last couple of years. I know he has injuries here and there, but it's a position where everybody right. suffers an injury. If he can play a majority of the games, which he was able to do last year, you have to consider that value. Is Austin Eckler possibly yeah, he's the RB3. second or third best? Okay. Yeah, he's RB3 for sure. I mean, coming out of that back, and it's not just that, like, you have a quarterback like Herbert, too, which is, you know, a high calorie. He's going to get you maybe 400 yards per game, right? That backs the defense off. You know, once that defense backs off, then you got a little, you know, flank passes for, for Eckler that, what, in a PPR league, that's a full point right there. And then, you know, he, all, he's already got 10 yards just on that pass, maybe, you know, five to 10 yards on that pass. That's a half point to a, to two points uh, just right there in that one play. And then, oh, by gosh, you know, he, he misses a tackle or he, you know, eludes a tackle and then springs off down the field for a touchdown. That is a potential two-point play turning into, what, 10, 15, just on the score right there. Yeah, I like a lot what San, or not San Diego, I like a lot what the Bolts do. Uh, Chargers are going to be a high caliber offense, not to mention what they added with uh, uh, with with Quentin Johnson too, with QJ. Mike, I mean, they can turn it up, man. Palmer, uh, Mike Williams, and not to mention the best route runner in the league. Oh, Keenan, Keenan Allen. Allen. God, I love Keenan Allen. He is such a Like, how does he get position. open? He's not fast. He doesn't burn you. He just runs crisp routes, man. And, and that goes back to Babers, too. Babers used to tell you it, it doesn't matter how fast you are. If you can run a, a crisp route, man, you'll take a defensive back off of you for sure. You know what Keenan Allen reminds me of? He reminds me of the old guy in rec league basketball who is... <laughs> Mr. Fundamental. Yeah, people can jump over him all day long, but he still dominates the rec league because he's so smart and savvy with just how he goes out about things. a freaking loot. Carving, you know, backing you into the damn blockers and... Almost level another. You know, slip. you know, you can cat. You know, you can. I know cross. you can. You can. We're you got the editing right machine. now. I can, We're in I the spaceship here. That's right. We're in uh, in my front office in my house, which is where I record most of my shows to uh, lift the curtain curtain up a little bit. But uh, I'm looking at the Ringers rankings right now just to see who they have ranked where at various positions. So they do have Christian McCaffrey mm-hmm. as the. Top-rated running back, Austin Eckler at two, Bijan three, so very similar to what we were talking about. Saquon, they actually have at four. I think they need to modify that one. How about Jonathan Taylor at five? Return, return of glory year, right? Like there's a lot of questions Hopefully. because of the injuries, and it was it was chronic injuries throughout the year. It wasn't yeah. just a you know I'm out week four, I'm bouncing back week six. Um, you know this these were injuries that sustained all throughout the year for Jonathan Taylor, so his stock was down a little bit. Um. I like J- JT. Like to me, yeah. if you can get JT in the second, you've got one hell of a steal. And there are second. If he uh, falls well, to the second yeah. round, somebody's. If you see up. him twice, yeah, exactly. Somebody's somebody's messed up. But if you see him twice, you better take him. Like that's just cardinal rule. You better take him. Where are you with Derrick Henry right now? Oh, he's he's still still beast. Uh, he's he's probably RB four for me. I do okay. have him over JT, but okay. Just until it's the you run him until it's done, man. I'm sorry, like that, and that's the thing with Derrick Henry stock too, right? Like in dynasty leagues, you want to try and trade him to get maybe a first round pick for your future. But at this point, man, the the stock was a lot higher two years ago, and if you didn't get him last, year, if you didn't get rid of him last year, 
it's really going to be hard to offload him this year, man, because everybody knows that tank is starting to get a little bit more empty. My biggest sleeper at the running back position this year is Jameer Gibbs oh, of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, he is dude. the less talked about first round running back, and I know that Detroit may be reached in, in selecting him. He's a badass. He was a badass at Alabama, and that wasn't just the Alabama system. He is a guy who is going to be really, really good at the next level, and he is a home run threat every time he touches the football. I think the only reason why I had him below JT this year is just because I his hands are fantastic, but I don't see golf checking down too much to Gibbs. Like right. golf, I feel like golf has something to prove after being traded. Like. Hey, I'm on the fighting Dan Campbell's now. I'm going and getting this thing, you know, like with with St. Brown here. Um, to me, I I feel like you know coming from the land of Matt Stafford, where he's got the golden arm. Well, hey, look at my arm too. It, it not maybe his ego comes into play too much, but I mean, hey, he wants to be sure that he's an alpha too, right? Like he's got to lead that team. So the check down for me might be a little scarce with Gibbs. That's the only reason why the reluctancy is there to bump him down behind like. JT and and Derrick Henry, but yeah, you're right. He's lethal. And a lot of people were down on him just because of his size, right? But he's not going to stay that that way forever, man. He's going to beef up a little bit. He's going to get some decent size, some some grown man strength there. And then, I don't know, I think he's going to cart up the north. He is Adam Wagner of the uh, Wagner Wire. You can check Wags out every Sunday on 1027 ESPN starting this Sunday, 11 to noon. That is going to be the case going forward. It is brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations, abconsultations.com, 255-8678. Coming up more with Wags on the other side. Proving good things do happen on the radio after 10 p.m. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling on 1027 ESPN and 1027ESPN.com. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Back with Adam Wagner of the Wagner Wire, a show that you've heard on a different station up to this point on Sunday mornings. Now it is on 1027 ESPN from 11 to noon. That starts this Sunday, every Sunday throughout football season and beyond. Give him a follow on Twitter at NotTheFakeWags. And uh, check him out at his website, too, thewagnerwire.com. Wags, we spent last segment talking running backs. Wanted to talk quarterbacks now. Oh, the Before divas. we get to individual guys at this position, there is uh, an interesting ideological question being asked right now right. that has to do with the quarterback position. I won't say being devalued over the last several years, but we were seeing quarterbacks not really selected until the third or fourth round, oh, yeah. the top-end quarterbacks, despite the fact that these guys obviously put up huge points. We're beginning to see a shift now, and I'd like to say for the last couple of years, I've been at the front of that shift of not being afraid to take a quarterback end of second round or early third round. Right. When do you think the right time would be to take, let's say, a Jalen Hurts, a Pat Mahomes, or a Josh Allen? Tenth round. Tenth round. So you're that's still, just my, that's just so my you're rule. Still on, you're I'm still on board with that. Old one. head, old head okay. here. Um, no, uh, it, it honestly, in again, that goes back to what's your league settings. Like if you're in a super flex league, you're taking a quarterback in your first round. Um, man, Jalen Hurts, yeah, in a super flex league, he's hard to argue because of the people, just all the weapons around him. You know, not to put him against. 
Patty Mahomes. You know what I mean? A lot of people got Josh Allen number one. But if you're going to put Josh Allen in number one, you know, Jalen Hurts' points were pretty damn comparable to Josh Allen's. In fact, you know, there were a lot of times where he had higher average or they points were, per they week. Were be- they were better than Josh right, Allen's. Right, 100, 100. Yeah. Um, and, and not to mention, now you're bringing over, you know, Swift. You're putting Swift into that backfield? Yeah. Like, that's a real running. And not not to, you know, Sanders' ownership out there. I'm sorry, managers, for Sanders, but I told you that Miles Sanders was going to have a fall off. It, he's just, I didn't feel like he was built for the NFL, and he just wasn't involved into that scheme too much. He was decent last year, but and, good luck, Bears. Right, 100%. Um, so, to me, I don't know, Swift just gives you, I mean, he's that, He's that Georgia bread, you know. What I mean, that Georgia bread bulldog that you're that you're used to or accustomed to seeing coming out of the backfield, man. And not to mention, like Philadelphia has kind of turned into Georgia U. Like, there's yeah. a lot of people from Georgia up there, especially uh, on the defensive line. One hundred percent. And and you know those dogs are going to hunt. But yeah, Jalen don't Hurts, drag race with any of them. <laughs> too soon, man. Um, actually, no, nah, that should have been out a long time ago. Um. But no, Jalen Hurts, I would say Jalen Hurts is number three for me in a super flex league. I just, it is tough for me to validate taking a quarterback in a, in a regular league in the first round. When you have opportunities round. to yeah, take just, valuable running backs and wide receivers. Well, I mean, if you exactly because of the scarcity, right? Like the, the tier from, we just talked about it, the tier from JJ and, and Chase, you know, after that. It, it does really drop off considering points per week. And then, you know, the the same thing in terms of CMC and, yeah. and Eckler um, and Henry. Well, like, once that's gone, you, are we really, like, the, the idea of Madison is great, but are we really going to rely on that? I mean, we saw what he could do in spell of, of Dalvin Cook, but now the entire weight is on him. So we'll see how that pans out. Um, uh, what What's going down in, in Houston with Pierce? Like, are we really, you know, thinking that he's a uh, running back tier number one. Come on, man. Like, the scarcity is there, so the drop-off is there. Uh, so, for me, like, you can wait and go to the 10th round and get a Jared Goff who's going to give you 25 to 30 points. What's Patrick Mahomes going to give you? 35 to th- 30 or 25, maybe 30 on on average. But, yeah, sure, there's, there's times where he can, you know, give you that ceiling of 45 to 50. But how often is that? Is that every week? No, man, come on, especially without his weapon, you know, Tyreek Hill now. Let's see what Tony does, but quarterbacks are obviously putting up bigger point totals to your sure. uh, to your points. So the disparity between number one and let's say number ten is not as great as you might think it is a lot of times. But the guys at the top two and three, especially dudes who use their legs effectively, right. and if you're in a league, and we, my league had to change this up last year because it's like a running quarterback can't be scoring more points than a really good yeah, throwing dude. quarterback. So we had to bump. The, uh, the passing touchdown total back up from four to six to even that out just a little bit. But if a guy is a true dual threat and does a good job throwing the ball and a great job running the ball too, Jalen Hurts is the prime example of that right now. Yeah. And Pat Mahomes is a decent example. Josh Allen, although he used his legs less last year, can be an example. You know who this, year, uh, this year's Jalen Hurts is? Uh, Justin Fields. 100%. Yeah. 100%. See, that's why I know you play fantasy. Don't tell me you don't play fantasy football, you nerd. Well, look. Oh, please. I, I would ne- never tell you I wouldn't play fantasy football. <laughs> I would argue that fantasy football is the reason why I still watch the NFL. It's not, because, here, my, man. It's not because I'm rooting for my Houston Oilers. Yeah, they were I, ripped away from me uh, decades ago now. You're, I, doing, you're holding up well, though. You're no, doing thank fantastic. you. I, I appreciate that. It's uh, very self-serving. <laughs> the Texans is, just not doing it for you? 
Tex- nope, Texans aren't doing it for me. They had a chance. If they would have drafted Vince Young, and I understand how his career panned out, if they had drafted Vince Young, I probably would have ended up sure. a Texans fan. But uh, even VY going to Tennessee and them falling a yard short – of winning a Super Bowl prior to that, like that didn't affect me at all. Like it didn't strike my emotional cords in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. So I just realized yeah, that you're that fully point, out. That's I'm too breakup. too old before trying to find a new team. It's like my son loves Austin FC now. We've gone That's to an Austin team. FC yeah. game before, and that was cool. It was fun. I'm in my 40s. What am I gonna? <laughs> am I gonna become some hardcore face painter for? Any team, much less a soccer team, and I realize Austin oh, yeah. FC games are fun, and we're all rooting for them. But ultimately, winner like I don't care if Austin FC wins or loses. The only thing I care about <laughs> in terms of wins or losses, at the NFL level wags, is watching the Cowboys lose right. and watching my fantasy football team win, and rooting for Longhorn right. players too. Sure, sure. Which is why I'm selecting Justin Tucker with my second round pick this year. That's what I'm talking about, man. Go get him, man. No, we're actually in a league that doesn't doesn't even have kickers anymore. I don't. I'm not crazy about that because I liked taking Justin Tucker in like round eight or nine every year. <laughs> that is, that's, that's jumping up. That's going to get your guy though. Like oh, usually some scrub wide receiver right. that I end up cutting for anyways. The season. Right. You might as well get yourself the dynamic kicker, the best kicker in the league. So Justin Fields is a sleeper at quarterback for oh, yeah. you. I feel like I hear a lot of people saying his name though, right now in that regard. And I, I completely understand that by the way, I am a huge DJ Moore fan. 100. There you go. Right. Probably there. biased based on how he ripped Texas, a new a-hole uh, when they, uh, when they played in Austin Terps, several years ago. I can say yeah. that now all the time over here. Terps fighting turtles. Uh, but DJ Moore has from Maryland, unfortunately been wasted these last few years with the Carolina Correct. Panthers. He has the potential to be a top five wide receiver in the NFL, and I think that he is going to get closer to uh, what those abilities are with Justin Fields now throwing him the football. So so I I would be willing to take DJ Moore. I don't know where the proper slotting is for DJ Moore. I think third or fourth round is fair because he's obviously the number one wide receiver in Chicago. So if you can get him third or fourth round, that could be a really nice pick for you. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's... um... I actually stole him in in like in the seventh round here, but wide receivers are devalued. That's why I'm saying it really depends on your league settings. Yeah. Like tight ends are a premium in this league, and wide receivers are devalued. Tight ends are a premium. Yeah, tight ends get a full point for first downs too. What? Yeah, we can't ridiculous. have all these different point scoring this, so this systems. This is the Scott Fishbowl. It is <sighs> it is wacky. It's crazy. It's got over um, fifty divisions. It's it's like the league of leagues. It's it's outrageous, but couple of other individual quarterbacks I want to get mm-hmm. your thoughts on as to uh, whether or not their takes at the spots where people are, are selecting them. Lamar Jackson obviously gets the new deal from the Ravens. He's happy once again, not going to be faking injuries right. to keep him away from uh, the stadium. Got OBJ over there now. Got OBJ over there. We'll see We'll see what that does. That was oh, a stu- your look. If I could have just given that look. That was a stupid amount of money to pay a guy who hasn't played football in more than a year and did suffer a major injury in his uh, very last game of his 2021 season in that Super Bowl win for the Rams, of course. But uh, where are you slotting Lamar Jackson right now? I would say in Superflex, he's definitely in, in a first round just because okay. of the points that he provides. Um, I would go down and get him in the fifth in a standard league if you can, if you can hold off. And, like, I, I know I said tenth um, yeah, as a firm grasp, but that was just – that's a joke. Um, but, no, if you can if you can steal Lamar in, like, the fifth or sixth, that's, that's a pretty good steal. And also, like, couple him with Andrews. I don't know if you can get Andrews uh, – 
anywhere after the eighth. Like I know Andrews eighth. Had, yeah, I know. He's going like fourth or fifth round, isn't d- he? Depends on like again, depends on league settings. Like in a I took Travis premium. Kelsey in the second round oh, last yeah. year. Like, that he's was not that even... was one of my only good picks last year. <laughs> he's not even like a tight end anymore either. Like he's no. he's wide receiver number one, two, and three. Um, especially with the uh, the exit stage right of Tyreek Hill, so yeah, until he, they find that that actual supplement, and that's why I ra- rated him so high. You talk about the uh, the value and point totals, like quarterbacks score huge, but the tenth quarterback, the disparity is not that great right. versus the first quarterback. The disparity between Travis Kelsey and everybody else last year done. It was the grand freaking canyon. Well, I mean, what Waller was hurt. Yeah, damn near off and on all season Mark long. Andrews was hurt. Andrews was hurt. The quarterback and, position and position Kittle's not the, the the tight end that he used to be. You know what I mean? He'll, so, have, he'll have occasional games, which makes you think, ah, should I should I have taken him earlier in this right. draft? But then he'll get hurt again, right. and you're like, okay. That, and then that was the right you selection. know, Knox. You know, Knox is is an all right tight end, but it's not as consistent as as Kelsey. Like that's just it. Like you know, Kelsey's going to get ten to fourteen targets a game. Why not take that? Like, and, yeah. and the defense knows that's happening, and he still gets, you know, eight to ten receptions. That's ten points just in receptions. And probably two of those receptions are touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Now let's add in the yards. That's a 25-point game, man, almost every almost every week with Travis Kelsey. Yeah, he's wide receiver number one, two, and three. Tight end number one. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk a little bit more about the Chiefs wide receivers on the other side because they've uh, they've tried to do some things to add talent to that position group last year and then now this offseason too. Just two other than Pat Mahomes, obviously, and Travis Kelsey is worth an early round look on that Chiefs roster. I'm going to talk about that with Adam Wagner coming up on the other side. He, of course, is better known as Wags, the host of the Wagner Wire. It's been on another radio station up till now, starting this Sunday. You can hear him on the 1027 ESPN airwaves from 11 to noon, brought to you by Audiovisual Consultations. Coming up more with Wags on the other side. Proving good things do happen on the radio after 10 p.m. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. It's the Night Talker with Trey Elling. Final segment of a Thursday edition of the Night Talker with my friend Adam Wagner, a.k.a. Wags, a.k.a. the host of the Wagner Wire, a show that has been on the Austin Airwaves for a long time now. Starting this Sunday and every Sunday going forward through football season and beyond, you can actually hear the Wagner Wire on 1027 ESPN from 11 a.m. to noon. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at NotTheFakeWags and check out his website, TheWagnerWire.com. Wags, heading into the last commercial break, we were talking about just how crazy a value Travis Kelsey provides. Obviously, Pat Mahomes is up there, too, at the quarterback position. As far as the other skill players in that offense, who do you think the most valuable guy is right now? Is it Kadarius Tony yeah, at wide Tony. receiver? Is it a running back? What do you think? I like Pacheco. I really love the value that you found. Like all, no one drafted Pacheco last year. Like you found him on the wire. Very impressive. And if you're in a keeper league, that's a twelfth round value there for Pacheco. So um, that's kind of already a fixed value there. But other than that, it's got to be Kadarius Tony. He was so impressive. With what, I mean, just in his short time, he got he had a cup of coffee. Yeah, he had a cup of coffee in New York. Um, just that's that's how long he was a giant, and he was still able. to You saw the flashes. Right with a with a broken, busted, beta Josh Allen quarterback and Dan 
Jones, like Daniel Jones. Like you saw the flashes that Kadarius Tony can have. Um, and then it magnified just a little bit more with the Chiefs, right? And give him a full year. It's kind of like how I was talking about with CMC. Give him a full year with Shano's offense. Now you give him a full year with uh with Andy Reid and with Patrick Mahomes. Let that develop into something special. And it will, man. A lot of people are saying, like, how can you have Kadarius Tony as a sleeper? He's on the Chiefs. We hadn't been drafted that high in the past couple of seasons, man. He's been, what, seventh rounders, eighth rounders, and now he's probably going to go in the third round, maybe fourth round. See, that feels like a stretch to me. Good. Because Pat Mahomes is so good at spreading the football around. That maybe, too, yeah. Maybe Sky Moore has a breakout dish. Alan, maybe there's somebody else that we're not even thinking about who uh, turns into that guy for Pat Mahomes on a given week. But back to your point from Scantling. last segment, Pat Mahomes' number one option, especially with Tyreek Hill no longer there, is Travis Kelsey. And it's not even close as to who the number two is. 100%. Like, and everybody knows it's coming. Like, your wide receivers don't demand the ball like Travis Kelsey does. Right. It's not... Tony's fault. It's just Patrick Mahomes knows where Kelsey's going to be at you know every damn second of the of the of the game. So it's not just a release valve or a checkdown valve for for Patrick Mahomes. It's wide receiver. It's option one, two, and three, man. So and when you're double covered and you can still catch the ball and and elude the tackle, elude two defenders trying to get you and trying to corral you and slip away and evade and get to a touchdown, then why not throw them the damn ball? So. To me, yeah, it's Travis Kelsey. There's really nobody outside of, of he and Tony for me. Uh, Pacheco is decent, but still, Pacheco's going to get you your 15. You know, at, at the ceiling, maybe 20. Well, and Andy Reid has started to go the Bill Belichick route right. with regards to splitting up what his different running backs are doing, yeah, McKinnon too. McKinnon was good. For a long time, Andy Reid was a guy that you could count on his running back scoring major points because he loved to use those guys to hand the football off to, obviously, but also in that passing attack. LaShawn McCoy is a great example of that. There were a bunch of dudes in Philadelphia. I feel like Brian Westbrook. Oh, Westbrook was is, so good. Oh, that McNabb-Westbrook stack? Right, oh exactly. But Andy Reid has wised up to that, understanding that he doesn't want to have these guys suffer such a week-in and week-out right. beating. And by the way, if a guy does go down to injury, you're not completely screwed at that point. So I don't fault him for that, but by the same token, I made the mistake of drafting Clyde Edwards Elair. I want to say <laughs> early, early second round or something his rookie season because I thought he was going to be a, a sleeper candidate because of what he was able to do at LSU and he never really got used in that way. Part of that was Clyde Edwards Elair fault right. and I feel like Edwards Elair and them taking him in the first round and, and realizing that they don't need to do that necessarily is a big reason right. why Andy evolved the way that he did with how he uses running backs. Yeah, if you're drafting a running back that's going to give you, what's the lifespan? What's the table life now? On, Four or five years. If, I mean, that rookie that's deal, a great, pretty much. That's a great contract, too, if, if you can get that long. Yeah, like if you six, can get that longevity out of it. I mean, Saquon Barkley and, and Josh Jacobs are two of the best running backs in the NFL last year, and, the, and their teams do not want to pay them for uh, an extended number of years, they're trying to deal didn't get done. Trying to get them, so now, yeah, now now they're pretty much screwed. It'll be interesting to see what happens with both of those. You put guys. that much money in Daniel Jones and not Saquon Barkley, like <laughs> Josh Allen Beta. Beta Josh Allen. That is, is that, what you call that is Daniel Josh Jones? Allen Beta. Oh wow, he is a gamer though. Look, I do look, like I Daniel mean, Jones for that reason. One hundred. If he could just hold on to the damn ball and stay upright without yeah. being touched, you know what I mean? You can um, say the same thing about Josh Allen last year. One hundred. But I mean look, but look, he's in he's in he's in Dabble's offense. So yeah, to me it's just a uh, it's a Josh it's a Josh Allen beta, one hundred percent. No no 
disrespected Daniel Jones. Oh, that's a big, that's major disrespect. He's from Duke. Daniel I don't Jones. give a crap. He's from Duke. Beta Josh Allen. That is a huge slap in the face to your guy, Daniel Jones. You're starting quarterback for uh, for the Giants football team that you unfortunately have to root for. Mm-hmm. Right, ignorance. Let's talk a little bit more about the uh, wide receiver position. We spent the uh, first part of the show discussing uh, Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase being at the top of the wide receiver list. Tyreek Hill has an argument for number three, maybe Cooper Cup. Some people are saying Devontae Adams. I actually think A.J. Brown is my number three. Are we here? Are you in my mind? Are we all of a sudden best friends? Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, you have AJ. When Brown. in the garage, you have AJ Brown as number three. Yeah. Uh, what, who are some of the wide receivers that fall after AJ Brown? I'm going to be honest. Devontae Adams as a top flight wide receiver. I'm staying far Come away, away from him. Come on, like he's just he's he's trending down for some reason. And I don't know if that's who's because a, of who's Jimmy a starting G. Quarterback. Like, 100%. I don't know if it's Jimmy GQ or what. what yeah. What's going on in Vegas? Jared Stidham. No. And by the way, I have Pass? no I have no trust in Josh McDaniels. As he's a head failed. Coach. He's and as a leader on, of that this offense. This guy put Tim Tebow in your in his offense to lead Denver. Like uh, Tim, you can speak at any rally you want to, buddy, but you can't lead my team down the field. I'm sorry. You just yeah. can't. Go. Go Timmy. A guy who has fallen significantly on a lot of people's wide receivers list that I think is going to have a huge bounce back year this season. Is Debo Samuel? Oh, okay. Debo I you Samuel were gonna go digs. is a guy who has something to prove this year. I get it. He has uh, suffered through a couple of injury plague seasons. Now in twenty one, he was really good, but last year and that first year, I want to say twenty twenty, uh, was tough for Debo Samuel uh, fantasy football owners because you were expecting him to be an absolute game breaker. Right. And he had his moments, but he was also hurt, too. I think Debo stays pretty healthy this year, and they don't have to rely on him to do too much because they do have Christian McCaffrey in that backfield. And that's just it. Like, he doesn't have to be, you know, the Z, the X, the the running back, you know, running back one. He can do what he wants to do. Um, yeah. he, can be, he, can, he can be the wide receiver that, you know that he came into the league and or came into Shannon's offense for. Um, now, will he get your your thirty five, your thirty to thirty five points like he did two years ago? No, and that's that was an abnormal year, and it's because they didn't have any. They did not have an offense. See, look at him almost as like uh, Cordell Patterson. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like the Swiss Army knife of Cordell Patterson is no longer there anymore. No, and that's because what uh, Aguilar or excuse me, the running back. Uh, running back for Atlanta last year, out. Oh, uh, Tyler Algier. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, excuse me, it eluded the me for a minute. BYU there. player, correct. But yeah, that's a, and that's a great handcuff for Bijan too. You, you know, we talked about, um, you know, we talked about the offense that he's going to be in up there in in Atlanta. But uh, to your point, um, yeah, he, he didn't have to. He doesn't have to do everything that CMC is going to do. So that's why I like Debo Samuel's as well. Um, Another another wide receiver that are, people are sleeping on, man, return of glory, Calvin Ridley. You know, new change yeah. at home in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence as your wide, as your quarterback targeting you. And not to mention you got some decent talent around you as well. Man, I like that. ETN coming out of the backfield. Yeah, but they're apparently high on Tank Bigsby, too. Oh, Bigsby's going to be nasty. ETN is an an interesting case study, I think, because I don't know where to take him right now. You'd be inclined to say, yeah, take him high. He's a a dual threat, but they love Tank Bigsby. So Tank Bigsby could turn into that every down running back, or maybe he turns into the thunder to ETN's lightning. ETN will still be great in the passing game. I don't know how many opportunities he's going to have to actually carry the football, though. 
Where are you with Cooper Cup right now? I like Cooper Cup. I'm okay. just worried. Um, injury has kind of made me a little, a little bit reluctant to take that. Not just injury with Cooper Cup, also injury with Matt Stafford as well. Exactly. Um, that of, of course that offensive scheme is still there with McVay. Like they're going to be able to to put up the points. Uh, it, it's it really does come down to injury with me. Um, I you know. A lot of people are asking me, you know, what other wide receivers that I like, you know, up there with Cooper Cup. I like Garrett Wilson. I love Garrett Wilson, man, especially with the advent of Aaron Rodgers right. now. My God, like you, you're telling me that that he's going to go and get his old toys. When he gets his new toy, like I know he brought you know Lazard over and, and Cobb over, but wait till wait till he really plays with Buzz Lightyear instead of Woody. Woody's going to be upset. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Garrett Wilson is. And Garrett Wilson might have some broken fingers after this year too. We don't know. Aaron Rodgers does not no, take anything no, off the football, man. even in practices. No, dude. It's gonna, notorious it, for that. I think it's going to be a really fun season for the Jets, especially with Brees Hall. If he can come back to the Brees Hall that he was before the injury, that Jets offense is scary, man. Who's the best number two wide receiver in fantasy in terms of a second option on his respective team? Oh, Jalen Waddle or T. Higgins? Oh, I'm going Higgins just because of the quarterback scenario. Um, Waddle's... To me, I think Waddle is the better wide receiver. But when I'm thinking wide receiver, you got to think of the marriage. Sure. And I can't put too much stock in Tua right now because I haven't seen a full season out of Tua. I've seen Joe Cool be Joe Cool in playoffs, you know, in, in AFC championships. That's solidarity. That's stability. Give me Joe Cool. Give me T. Higgins. Wags, thank you for the time today, and welcome to the family, my friend. Good to be here, brother. He is Adam Wagner. You can check him out on the Wagner Wire starting this Sunday on 1027 ESPN from 11 a.m. to noon. And every Sunday going forward, give him a follow on Twitter at NotTheFakeWags and check out his website, TheWagnerWire.com. Thank you so much for listening tonight. We'll be back tomorrow at 10. In the meantime, have yourself a great rest of the evening and sweet dreams. Proving good things do happen on the radio after 10 p.m. It's the Night Talker with Trey Ellis.